back. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Self-Aware Millennial Podcast. I am your bliggity black host, Jay Mix. On this episode, we are talking about detaching love from sex, which is very timely right now in my life because, well, we'll talk about it later. Um, <laughs> but let me talk about why this is an important discussion. So detaching love from sex for some people can be considered a gift because it can save a lot of heartbreak and hurt feelings if you're like able to accomplish like doing this like without really like thinking about you know I mean I feel like it's a practice it's honestly a practice like it well maybe it's not I don't know we'll talk about it it can also come across as insensitive however because you know I think some people when they go into maybe casual relationships where Maybe they're looking for love, but the other person isn't. And like those boundaries aren't necessarily communicated. And so the ability for, let's say, the person that's looking for something a little bit more casual to detach love from it. I don't know. It does does seem like at least from one person's perspective, it could be insensitive depending on who has more love for the other person. I, I think it sometimes be imbalanced. But... I think it's important for us to acknowledge at least the whys and the hows of just how this all works. So that's why I'm really happy to have my two guests for this episode because I feel like they have, I mean, we all have knowledge about it, but I think it's important to have perspective from different, just from different walks of life. So I have my guests, Angel and Ben joining me. Say, hey, y'all. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Hello there. Hello. Hi. Oh, goodness. Um, we're taping this in like the middle of the afternoon. And so like it's I don't know. I'm not used to doing it at this time. And it's completely fine. Like I'm obviously still chipper and stuff, but I you could I could just feel, you know how you just have that that grogginess of like 3 p.m., 2 p.m., 4 p.m. like uh, you know, yeah. it's, too, so- it's <laughs> <laughs> earlier you said this was like nap time and I was like I don't normally and I thought about it and when I was younger like there was a very brief window after school before everyone else uh-huh. got home like from work and school that I only had like I don't know like maybe half an hour alone mm. and it was like the best part of my day because it was so quiet and I would take a nap Wait, what'd you say, Ben? Normally, this is the time I get off of work. So I just mm. I just got off of work before recording this, and I'm about to go on vacation. So I'm just, like, relaxing Ooh. now, and it's, I'm, in, I'm in that mode. The day you get off of work that you know you don't have to go back in for six more days, and it's just... Oh, uh, that's a... That's yeah. a, I'm riding that high yeah. right now, so I'm, <laughs> I'm doing great. Uh, I'm, like, so... I mean, I'm jealous, but... I think it's just because I my my work schedule is not like I go to work and then I come back and relax. Mm-hmm. Like my I now work from home, so it's mm-hmm. <laughs> it's hard to have that. But uh, Ben, let's talk about like what you like, what you do, like who you are, what are your hobbies. Like, give us what you want us to give us. You don't have to give us everything yeah. you don't want. Yeah, sure. So I'm Ben. I work a boring office job. I'll start off with the boring part. I work a boring okay. office job in finance for a health insurance company in the Northeast. So that's why I have a pretty regimented schedule, even though I do work from home. I also got a degree in music. So I'm a musician as well. I play a bunch of different instruments and I like to perform whenever we're not in a pandemic. And <laughs> yeah, I'm also very involved in the uh, gay bear and leather community in the Northeast. 
So I'm a, I'm a gay 25-year-old who is still out exploring himself and the world around him and doing that with other people and other friends that he's found throughout the... He's like, I'm talking in third person, but that I'm uh, <laughs> finding in life to explore with me. Uh, that's why I, I felt like I really wanted to talk about it. I'm I sorry? got a question for you. Yeah, what yeah. is... Okay, so for some people that are listening to this... Ooh, I just hit the microphone. Um, for people that are just listening to this for the first time, don't know what, you know, the gay bear leather community is. Can you give like a, a try to give a brief description of sure. what it is? A stereotypical gay male represented in media, generally slim, very flamboyant sort of thing. Gay bear was uh, brought up in the 90s to combat that stereotype of what you would see in media and now show that gay men can be of any size. And this especially attracted the bigger, more masculine, hairy men that you would see that are still very comfortable in their own sexuality. Uh, Leather has been around even before that as a way to show queer space in especially combined with kink and in that events and communities have formed around it. That's perfect. That was a perfect description. Thank you. Um, I just went to a gay bear community. Actually, so um, here in New Orleans, there's one called Phoenix on Legion Fields. Mm -hmm. I never been there before. I went there for like the first time, like two nights ago. And I was like, this is giving me gay bear leather vibes. <laughs> like I just went in and like I didn't know, but I was like, yeah, yeah. And then you had like a whole like store where you could buy like, you know, tools and it sounds similar to like <laughs> an eagle anywhere else. The eagle is the prominent uh gay bear leather uh, the gay leather bar that you would find in most cities. There's one in Atlanta mm. or there used to be. Mm. There's one in New York. There's one in Baltimore. Um, so it seems similar to that in New Orleans. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Well, we have a thankfully we have a, a great little community here. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously you probably knew that you're going to be here soon anyway. So, um, but the second question I had, because you have like, I don't know, I love to, you said you, you did music. You said you played multiple instruments, but do you sing? Um, I kind of sing. Uh, I, <laughs> I took voice lessons in college while I was getting my degree and I enjoy it. It's not what I'm most proficient in, but I enjoy it. You have a timbre that really screams like tenor. <laughs> I, I'm a tenor too, so I guess so. Okay. Um, <laughs> My ears were right. <laughs> okay, well, yeah. thanks for giving me a little summary of who you are, um, Angel. A, oh, yeah, yeah, go ahead, Angel. Can I ask a question? What instruments do you play? So or I got primarily? my main degree in saxophone. Mostly classical, which is a weird thing. You don't usually hear classical with saxophone, but Mm -mm. I was not a jazz person. But then I also went in with trombone as my secondary. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Well, all right, Langell, let them know. Tell them who you (laughs) are. Hi. Uh, (laughs) I am Langell. I am a queer, trans, like agender, non-binary, I don't know, the best descriptor for my experience of my own gender is system error 404 file not found it's been that way forever uh i'm just like i'm more open about talking about it over time and more accepting of that with myself over time even though i've always known it's fine whatever yeah i'm a multidisciplinary artist based in new orleans i'm from new orleans i do um burlesque drag improv i 
I'm a classically trained opera singer. Yes. Before recording this, I was practicing arias for a opera like variety show that I co-produced with some friends. Isn't it on Friday, right? Yes. On Friday. Yeah. On Friday. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna. I might check it out. Uh, Yeah. So there's like burlesque, drag, opera, side show. Like we try to like drag whatever. It depends on who's available and what people are doing, what they're working on, and their schedules. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, I am high risk for COVID because I am also, uh, I've got like health things and disability things that I'm, so over the last, like this whole thing, I'm like, I'm just going to be more open about talking about that. Just being like, Hey, you probably maybe didn't know this, but this is just a thing that I've been living with the whole time. Surprise. And so (laughs) I've spent most of COVID like completely alone <laughs> so I have like a housemate but they like stayed went to stay with family for like half a year they're oh, like very wow. introverted and like a hermit and their schedules are usually different so usually like it's not a roommate where you're like oh you want to share dinner or watch new together it's just I don't know y'all they, have different schedules and you probably don't ever really see each other at no. all yeah so it's been like an interesting COVID time it's given me a lot of time to reflect on relationships and myself and Mm. do some like self-healing time because I was very had a lot of time to do that and when you're by yourself that's just stuff's just going to come up because you're with yourself all the time Mm -hmm. and there's up there's like there weren't really uh the usual distractions of daily life but I think it was good hopefully I don't know hey I also like I don't know like worked a lot in my, my youth um so yes a lot of the uh I feel like I just like didn't have a lot of the like I'm in college or I'm in my 20s like experiences people did which like some of it's fine and I'm fine without that and some of it's I'm like "Mm, wait mm, so you're not in your 20s no (laughs) oh okay so I mean you're still a millennial though like Ben is like the youngest of the millennial okay I'm an older millennial gotcha Um, Okay. Only younger yeah. one for sure. Yeah, but like I don't know, a lot of stuff. I'm like, do I do I know what I even like in like sex and relationships? And then a friend was like, you do, I because I know some <laughs> things you do. And I'm like, okay, well maybe I just I don't know. Uh, I guess I'm excited for like after COVID times to like explore that more now that I have like a more solid like yeah, this is just yeah me. you you know mm-hmm. what you like at least at that point, and you know that it could have easily as you get older change yeah um you know bodies don't stay the same they're going to evolve as you know time evolves but like we all at least know that much and this is actually a great segue into kind of what we're going to be talking about today which is going to be detaching sex from love but before we kind of go into that i wanted to have like a couple of icebreaker questions for both of you so the first question i was just curious about because we we're talking about love and sex i'm going to talk about the love part so if y'all would like to, uh, whoever wants to go first, it doesn't have to be a long story, but I want you to, to to describe your, or tell me a story about your first love. Just like, kind of like how you felt and what made you think it was love. And yeah, we'll, we'll go from there. <laughs> Everyone's looking in the sky, like trying yeah, to think. I'm, I mean, I have, <laughs> I could go. You go. All right. Let me go think. Ahead, I go. <laughs> I'll go. So you had sent like some questions before this so we could like be prepared and I like glanced at them but didn't like preform things but this was the first one I was like oh boy okay I'm just gonna ruin it (laughs) right off the bat 
So this has like three, I was thinking about this and there's like three possibilities for who like my first love was. Mm, um, that's interesting. I'm, I'm like, what does that really mean? What is so, love? Uh, maybe you'll tell me. <laughs> maybe you'll tell me. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so more. I thought I was in love with someone I dated in college but really that was just like my first longish relationship. Mm. And like, I was like all in, they were very much not. So it was also very unhealthy and like abusive and bad. Oh, um, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, like I was like very committed to the relationship and the, the person I was dating and um, it was like the first person I had sex with, which didn't really matter to me, but okay. it just was a fact. That was the, that, that was literally the second question I was going to ask about. Like okay. the first person. Well, I'll save that. Okay. A teaser. Okay. Good. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, and then, then there was someone I, this is all college. And then there was someone that I met in college that I was like, oh, I'm in love with this person. But then I'm like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> um, uh, and it was very much like a this is someone that I just care about and care for and like want the best for, even if that means like, I'll never like, this is person's not going to be in my life. Um, like whatever happened, I just, I don't know, just loved them. So I guess that was like an unconditional love kind of thing. Yeah, I was also confusing because, uh, we were both two femme people who weren't out as queer at the time. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh, well, I love this person and I care a lot about them, but like, they're not queers, but like, I'm happy that we can have like a good friendship and then they can get like sex and love from like boys that they're dating. Yeah. That is, that's great. They have it covered. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I find that that's then, still considered love. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. It's like a kind of love. The other person was also in college near the end of college. And it was just, I don't know, a friend that I just loved. And then at some point I was like, Oh, I love this person. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then I was like, all right, I'm not going to tell people. <laughs> I'm not going to tell them. Aww. It was not a situation in which like, I felt it was necessary to tell them. And I think I, I felt at the time would have complicated a uh, mm. serious relationship that they were in. Um, oh, gotcha. and I, I don't, I don't know if they were in like open to open relationships or polyamory or not, but their partner definitely was not. And I was like, I'm not, mm. I care about both of these people and I'm not going to like, I don't need anything from this. I just cool. I can love yeah. people and trust again. This is good after the first one. <laughs> yeah. So you never said anything to this third person. No. And sometimes I'm like, did they know? Like they had to have known, but I didn't say like in plain words. So I don't know. Well, maybe I think it was embodied in the relationship that we had. Okay. Yeah. It was well. like a very loving friendship. Okay. But, mm. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you for your 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 three answers. Wow. Um, and what about you, Ben? <laughs> I also have three answers because <laughs> uh, I'm gonna follow this up with saying that I I am a gay male, but I definitely dated women before I dated men, uh, mm-hmm. just because that's the heteronormative thing to do. So 
my first long-term relationship. And I still don't know if I can call it love. A lot of these are actually pretty similar to Angel's. The first long-term relationship, I don't know if I would call it love, was with someone in high school. It's that puppy love that you kind of get when you find someone you just kind of connect with and you, you're, you're around a lot and you work with each other and you're, you're happy to be together. It eventually Mm. fell apart when we started to develop and grow and things didn't necessarily work out. And I eventually broke up with her and moved on. Second one, this is probably the most difficult one for me because she is still my best friend to this day. We talk every single day. Um, We dated for, And uh, our last year of high school into college. And by that point, and this is kind of mixing into question two, that's it was around this time I started to develop sexual feelings like at all. So some people have some people get it from a super early age. I was a very late bloomer in terms of actually getting feelings of sexuality. Mm. Um, I didn't know what sexuality really was. I never got it until I started developing, but it wasn't for the sex or gender that I was dating at the time. (laughs) So it was really confusing. And I knew at some point in our freshman year of college, when we were going to two different colleges and making a long distance thing work that like, I'm missing something right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, Uh, And we, we had to break up and I, I broke up with her, felt really bad about it, wanted to get back together. We did for like a week. And then she's like, I can't do this. Like, and then she broke up with me. Overall, it worked out really well to our benefit because a few months later, I did realize I was gay. And it took, and that, that breaking up is what I needed to kind of push myself to really find who I was. I still loved her. I, I still, I still love her to this day in terms of being a friend. Uh, mm-hmm. She is my best friend and I would do nothing. I, there's almost nothing I wouldn't do for her, but uh, we, uh, we wouldn't be able to work romantically anymore. And that kind of leads into my first boyfriend who I met at college. I definitely fell for, had a lot of similarities to my best friend in my opinion, but as a guy and someone who I was physically attracted to, and it was great. Um, I felt like we connected in a lot of ways it worked for about nine, 10 months before things started to go apart because of the sexual nature of how things went with me. And that's when I started to realize that even if you can work really well personally with someone and develop a good friendship, that doesn't mean you're always going to be the most romantic partners if you have different ideas of what you want uh, monogamy versus polyamory. And mm-hmm. uh, different between open and closed relationships, both of which yep. are how you need to find a partner that works well in those regards if yeah. you want to make a stable mm-hmm. relationship work. Um, and that, that was my big lesson. So even though I did love him, it needed to, I needed to no, discover myself. Yeah. So, yeah, three parts. <laughs> yeah so what i'm getting here from both of your stories is that love is a lot more complicated i think that a lot of people come the feelings of love we think usually the it's usually the first person love in terms of like what we know love to be sometimes takes a couple of loves before you realize what it is like it kind of mm-hmm. just sneaks up on you right 
So, love, love is yeah, so ahead. much more complicated than sex. I, I think there's yes. different kinds yep. too. Yeah, so that's what yes. I was also going to mention. Yeah. Uh, I believe the Greeks or the Romans or something had like six or different words uh-huh. for love. And yes. I really and it's, wish it's not even enough. It's not enough, but it's so much better than what English has in the word. Just trying mm-hmm. to combine all of this to the word love. Yeah, yeah, I think love is a good shorthand to be like this person is very important to me in some way, but mm-hmm. it doesn't give like the context for that importance or that meaning or that connection or whatever's there. It doesn't distinguish. Unless you actually have a whole conversation. It doesn't (laughs) distinguish between familial versus romantic versus friendship versus lust versus all of these different things that love as a concept is grouped into right now. Absolutely. Yeah, there's in in case y'all, I just googled it because people know some of the people know the Greeks, but it's like Eros, Philia, Storge, Agape, Ludus, mm-hmm. Pragma, and Phil. Oh God, Philatio. I can't. I can't pronounce it. I'm gonna put it in the show <laughs> notes, everybody. Cool. So the second question I have for y'all, um, is, which kind of ties into the first, and this doesn't have to be a long answer or anything, but was the first person that you had sex with like did you? Fo- was that the right question? Hold on, hold on. That's not it. Yeah. Hold up. That's the question, it's, right? Did you fall in love with the first person you had sex with? Yeah. Yeah. Did you fall in love yeah. with the first person you had sex with? Okay. I, I'll I'll take this one first. So technically, yes, because I kind of fell for him as we were like in the process. We like we had sex. He was the first person I had sex with. It was the third guy from our my love talk. I never actually ended up having sex with either of my first two girlfriends. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the first person I ever had sex with was uh, my first boyfriend and it was it was good to start exploring but it didn't go far enough for me so oh okay yeah oh yep. i see <laughs> kind of well um, it, it was a, well that's very interesting because like again this is your first person and you're yeah. like i know i want more and, and it, it, it took mm-hmm. months to figure that out it was great mm-hmm. in the beginning but when mm-hmm. you when you realize that you're I'm polyamorous. I know this and it's innate in me and has been for years at this point. But when you're starting to learn that, like, I need I need an open relationship and a polyamorous relationship to be able to really function correctly. Mm -hmm. uh, Having sex with one person at the beginning, it's my first time is great. But then you start to develop and like the. Uh, it that started to show our rifts kind of early on was I, I'm talking to this guy. We had just we've been together a couple months and I asked, how do you feel about open relationships? And he's like, what? We've just started dating. And I'm like, but, but how do you feel? And it's it's <laughs> yeah, you're like, it's relevant. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, maybe not now, but <laughs> yeah. And I think that that was when I realized that maybe my concept of sexual relations between people isn't the same as others where like i said before sex is in my opinion easy compared to love sex is an action love is a commitment i think sex can be a commitment if you commit to it but it takes work Mm -hmm. that's what i'm looking for but Mm -hmm. (laughs) very similar to what um you said so and like the first like long relationship that i had in college where like, I thought that I was in love with the person. I think like I did love him, mm-hmm. but the love was like from me. It wasn't because mm. of the relationship we had or like inspired by him. 
And I think like, as I've gotten older, I've gotten better at like, I distinguish between like, I love this person and I am in love with this person. Yes. Um, because I can love people who don't love me or who don't, you know, I don't have a relationship with or whatever. Like it's just something about what I perceive in that person's existence or like something about the relationship we have or something like brings out things in myself that I love. So the love I'm experiencing is like me seeing parts of myself reflected back at me from this other person. Mm. And so I loved this person because like, I was, I don't know, really excited about the relationship and like being like vulnerable in new ways. And like, I don't know, just showing up as my full self so that love was there, but I was not in love with okay. him, which took me a while to figure out. So, I definitely was like very attracted to familiar things in our relationship that turned out to be like, not great. Like, oh, these are like toxic things from my childhood that I'm subconsciously excited about and attracted to because it's being like, this is a thing in our relationship. And then later I'm like, wait, this is bad. And then like much later, like a decade later, I was like, oh, that makes sense. It was familiar and comfortable. And that's how love was shown to me in other ways when I was younger. And I was like, yeah, this is love. This is what I learned. And then I was like, no, it's bad. (laughs) Like it could, maybe it's love, but it's like not what I want. It's a different type of love. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, so hmm, that's so interesting. What um what part of your life did y'all learn to separate love from from sex? Like when were you like oh, ah? It started for me when uh, near the end of that third relationship, the first guy I had sex with. When I started to explore, and I needed to find my own path and stuff. I needed to find people that I could explore with in a sexual way that wasn't necessarily romantic that I couldn't Mm. get from that first relationship. So that's when it began and it's still an ongoing process for me to this day. And I mean, that's been five years at this point. So still, still coming. It's still, it's still being processed in my brain necessarily, but I have a much better grasp than me five years ago dating this guy that I had no idea where it could lead. And I've been through multiple relationships since then and still I'm learning how to detach love from sex so that I don't feel jealousy when like my partners go off and play by my play with them, like with other people. And cause in the barren leather community, that's a common thing is where you'll just see, You'll see people hooking up all the time and like, and there are events specifically for it. Yep. And, and there's nothing yep. wrong with that, but you still have that internalized still in the te- yeah. jealousy sometimes of being like, well, why isn't that me? When instead, maybe the best way to think about it is I'm happy for them that they're getting pleasure right now. Right. Um, yeah. Yes. So yes. <laughs> sorry, that kind of, took it off on a tangent and gel no that's great uh, no, that's yeah. perfect for what no. i was gonna say yeah. <laughs> uh they have always been separate for me which i was like worried about when i was younger <laughs> i was like 
am I some kind of sexual sociopath? Can I feel (laughs) feelings? Why is this separate for me? (laughs) And I think it's fine. I'm somewhere on the asexual spectrum, I think, or maybe I just like experience like love and attraction and relationships differently than what like I was told it was supposed to be like or from what a lot of other people relate to but like I don't know I feel like I'm finding like more and more people that relate to my own experience I'm like okay cool this is this is nice so when I was younger I was like okay if you're married to someone and you want to have sex with someone else why don't you go to the person that you're married to and you're like hey I'm really interested in trying sex with this person like I think that would be fun and the person married to you is like hell yeah go for it and then you high five and then you like separate and do the thing yeah (laughs) and then you come home afterwards and they're like how'd it go and you're like yeah yeah but (laughs) i know like not everyone that's polyamorous like is like different people have different boundaries in their own relationship and what they want to know and how involved they want to be with stuff too which is totally fine but like the person number two of was that love young me Uh, i don't know like we never had like a physical or sexual relationship but like they would date other people and be like good i'm so happy that like you have this thing covered since we don't do this thing and i want you to have all your bases covered (laughs) however that works like and the word for like being happy for like and like have you heard of compersion absolutely yeah 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 we we went over it um actually you know dylan um dylan tryon tran um i'd had a a non-monogamy for dummies episode that we did like last year and we talked about compersion (laughs) yeah like even if i this like goes back to like high school like me and my best friend in high school would have crushes on the same boys sometimes and if he like flirted with me one week she'd be like oh my god he's in love with you it's gonna happen and I'd be like oh my god do you think so and she's like yeah and then if he like flirted with her the next week I'd be like it wasn't me we were wrong it's you go get him and it was just like ridiculous that is so cute Uh, I never even thought about conversion that way oh by the way uh listeners that are just listening for the first time conversion in the non-monogamy world is basically when like you and a part of that you're or like someone that you are like friends with or i guess in this interested in, this term, in, interested in yeah it's like going for someone else that is not you and you feel happy for them and like if they actually yeah someone mm-hmm. that's outside of you in another relationship and you see that they're like getting it whatever and you yeah. get really happy, happy instead of that jealousy feeling that you're kind of you grow up with Yes. That's what you're taught kind you're of told through. you're supposed to feel. Yeah, it's yeah. that jealousy feeling. Compersion's the opposite. It's the yes. innate, it, it's the opposite of jealousy, in my opinion. Is what I've heard yeah. Yeah. as uh, a shorthand. Yeah, my my ex was, had it. And while I don't necessarily, I know I don't necessarily have it, I know how to at least tone down the jealousy to get to a happy medium of just feeling good and kind of moving yeah. on because not ever it's not innate in everyone neither neither yeah. of which is innate in anyone some it's all about how you're raised in my opinion it, it it's training yourself to back off of the extremes to get to some sort of middle ground sometimes yeah, yeah. in a lot of instances with me and relationships i've had over the years and there's been situations where i have been 
very displeased, but I wouldn't just like, I feel like jealousy is maybe not the correct word, but because there's just so much attached to what you assume about what's happening with that word. But like my problems or like instances in which I like was jealous or was upset, like didn't have to do with like, oh, I think that this person is, what was it? Like jealousy is like, this person is. Do you find that jealousy? Okay. So uh, uh, there's two things like jealousy and envy. And one of them is like, jealousy is like, I own this thing and someone else is messing with it. Yes. And envy is like, I I should have this thing. Like you have something that should be for me. Mm -hmm. And jealousy is like, this is mine. I feel Um, that. I feel that so much. Because I literally went through the exact same thing recently. And I had to realize that, that it wasn't jealousy. It was definitely envy, but it was coming from my insecurities because I couldn't get Mm -hmm. that. Go ahead, Angel. A lot of stuff for me though, has been like a boundary has been crossed or Mm -hmm. like, uh, I tried to date someone who was already partnered, mm-hmm. um, a bit back. And I don't think that we wanted the same things, but I think it took our fa- failed relationship for me to realize that, mm-hmm. uh, uh, through conversations with her being like, what is going on? This is not adding up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there was a lot of like misunderstanding of like her thinking I was jealous of um, time she was spending with her boyfriend. I'm like, no, I think that's great. I think it's important that you spend quality time together. I care about both of you. Like, please do that. Also though, I told you like, I needed this thing in our relationship and you've been neglecting that. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's the problem. Yep. The yeah. problem is not that you're doing this and I don't want you to do it. The problem is that you're, you're not even addressing things that I've brought up with us. Mm-hmm. Right. Or like something like would blatantly show that like, Right. Things that I had brought up were not considered or listened to. Yeah. So would you say that yeah. you would say like in most relationships or at least your, 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 your relationships, cause some people go by like a hierarchical standard where you like, you have your primary then your secondary. So like secondaries necessarily don't always get like everything that they want when they ask for it. Mm. So you're saying, well, not, well, that's what, that's how some people that's how yeah, some people. No, I know. It, but I, I wouldn't. I'm like, I want everyone to get what they need out of it, mm-hmm. and I, I hate that we have to prioritize. I, I feel like there is. It's important to acknowledge when there's like, like what is hierarchical. Yeah. Also, like saying this is my primary, this is my secondary, but like they have to I agree. Think, like, to yes, those that's terms. true. But also, like, like I think it's important to acknowledge what the relationships are and where they're at and be yes, honest about yes, that. I, but I think that, like, that's, like, a grown-up version of, like, well, you're my best friend and I can only have one best friend. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Yes. Yeah. What so, were you saying, Ben? So I want to address hierarchical relationships because I'm kind of in one right now. Uh, okay. And I feel like this might help any listeners that haven't necessarily, this will help kind of ground them. So I have three boyfriends, two of which I'm moving in with in November. Uh, Currently where I'm recording from, I'm recording from their house. Uh, And then I have another boyfriend who lives in Philly with his husband. There's a, there's a slight hierarchy to this where like my, the two I'm moving in with have 
importance to me. We're a family, we're a triad. They're a married couple that have me as their cub. Like, and it's, and, and that's important to me to have this understanding that the three of us are a family. And then my other boyfriend who lives in Philly with his husband knows that we have a romantic connection and we have, and we love being together and spending time with each other. But we also know innately it's never going to be more than that. We don't necessarily want it to be more than that. We like where it's currently at and we're not trying Mm. to push this, push any boundaries with it. So I think that's sometimes what you can get with a hierarchical relationship where communication is expressed Mm -hmm. about, you know, exactly where you stand with these people and like what the goals down the line are. So my boyfriend in Philly and I know that we are happy where we are. He's still allowed to go and explore. He has like five boyfriends and I, (laughs) and I'm just one of them. And we make time for each other. And we know that we're still romantically connected, even if we don't see each other all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's the kind of thing where a hierarchical relationship that has important communication can really work where everyone gets what they need out of it because you've communicated your needs in such a way that they don't conflict. Yes. Yes. And I kind of want to like share a little bit about like mediating a couple that like, or one person and a couple that did not work Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. because there were like, she very explicitly said, like, I don't do primary secondary. And I'm like, but this, this, and this thing that you said is like exactly that, which is fine. But I, I was like, I can't treat you like a primary partner if we don't have that with each other, which is okay. But like, I was like, I can't invest a lot into, like, I can't invest in the same way into the relationship just on one end that's not going to be reciprocated. Mm. So that was a big part of the issue. And it's it's that lack of reciprocating the Yeah, and I was like, fine with like, this is your primary, mm-hmm. you live together, you've been dating for a few years, like mm-hmm. that makes total sense. But yeah, I don't, I think there was a gap in understanding of like how the relationship dynamics could maybe have worked in the communication that needed to happen. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah. Well, this is perfect because this goes into kind of the topic of discussion I wanted to talk about in our grand discussion about detaching sex from love. Because I think that at least right now, I don't know, I've just been... I've been around a bunch of people that have been giving different definitions of what these things are. Mm-hmm. So basically like a friends with benefits versus a casual relationship versus like an acquaintance relationship. Is it all just subjective? Like, cause like, I feel like at least within those three things I mm-hmm. find, or I mean, friends with benefits, but buggies, like all of it, like, it's all kind of morphed in there. So like when people are saying they want specific things, like unless you are completely hundred percent specific on what it is, like people can think that it's, it's a grand scheme of all of that. I don't know. I'm my brain, like just <laughs> thinking about it. I'm like, yo, because what I thought a casual relationship is with like, it would very much be more along the lines of like, I don't know. Honestly, you know what? I don't know. <laughs> I want to talk to y'all about yeah. it. Because I'm like, I don't know. I like I thought when when casual relationship comes up, I don't think love, I don't think romance at mm-hmm. all. I think it's just like a fuck buddy. You're a fuck buddy with maybe like every time like you may like be a friend, you may like go do like friendly things every now and then, but not like every day or mm-hmm. like 
you know, like all the time. Um, mm-hmm. So what do y'all think? Like, what do you think in terms of, so let's start, let's start with friends with benefits. Let's, let's yeah. talk about what you think that is. Uh, so mm, labels in and of themselves, friends with benefits, casual acquaintances are all defined by the user. Uh, mm-hmm. so you, everyone yeah. still has their own internal definition of what that means. And that's why sometimes being explicit with what those means when you're talking about them is super important in the communication aspect of what, of defining the relationship you, you have with someone. Can uh, I ask you a question? Can I ask you yes. a question? Yeah. When would you define that? Do you define that right off the bat or do you have to define that later on? Like per- Personally, I define mm-hmm. things pretty early on because that's how I function. I function mm-hmm. as someone who likes labels and people don't like labels. Labels have gotten a rap of being forced upon people and that's not how labels should work. Labels should work in an internal catalog in your brain to help you organize stuff and and then if you use it outside of your own brain and into somebody else, it has to be accepted and consented to. So yes. that's when it's it's when you're willing to give a label to it that you have to talk to the person you're giving a label to and define it for them and see if they're willing to accept it. Not always in yeah. those explicit terms, but enough yeah. that you're telling them this is why I, this is why I would call you that if somebody ever asked that it, that has the right to know. Yes. So, Ooh, that's a better way of putting it. Like, yeah. like saying, like, how would you describe me to other people? Like, I think that would make it so much easier yeah. for them to at least set like what you understand what their boundaries are by what they say to that. Yep. Mm-hmm. I was just having a conversation with my bears last night about how how would you describe <laughs> I was talking to the younger one. How would you describe me to your mother? <laughs> like, how would you describe <laughs> you as a 42 year old male? who in your mother's uh, inner late 60s, like, how would you describe me, your 25-year-old <laughs> boyfriend, to your mother? And we had a discussion about that. And, Ooh. like, that's the kind of stuff that, that's the kind of stuff we need to talk about because maybe they, she doesn't need to know that he's dating a 25-year-old uh, on the side of his husband, with his husband, because they're, they're both dating mm-hmm. me. So it's uh, the label was talked about and consented to. And we're like, all right, if it ever comes up, that's what we'll go with. But it doesn't need to be broadcast. So then going back to what you were saying about friends with benefits and casual and acquaintances, it's all user defined. Friends Mm -hmm. with benefits to me is someone who you are legitimately friends with, but you also are willing to get together and just like, and just fuck. Like actually have sex with them in intimate time with them cuddle afterwards maybe but like know that you're not doing it for romantic pleasure necessarily but really you're just there to have a good time and grow your friendship Mm. and well then casual relationships are more just you're there to you're there to fuck and you're not there to grow anything you're there you're there to fulfill your body's needs so and and then there's a range of stuff in between that but yeah but you're right it is defined by the user and Mm -hmm. whatever Mm -hmm. they are looking for and if things change along the lines it's up to them to communicate that in case you know that is a boundary one person can't you know it can't be crossed yep so Uh, boundaries are so important when talking about labels uh and i i think that's why when people say oh i don't do labels i was like i don't think you do labels uh, in a healthy way then Right. Mm. Oh, yeah. I think like 
<laughs> labels can be really helpful because mm-hmm. then you can find other people with similar experiences exactly. to talk to you to be like, what's similar, what's different and get a, like a deeper understanding for yourself. Yeah. That way I think it's like a good like shorthand or like general guide, but it should never be taken as like, a, oh, I know exactly what you mean based on this word or exactly. this phrase. Exactly. Because most of these words that we're saying, again, are subjective and you mm-hmm. in the end have to find out like what their form of whatever this is is which is why i asked y'all this question and they change from like region Mm -hmm. uh too and like they have different cultural significance in different areas for different reasons too Mm -hmm. so yeah how do you maintain not falling for the person you're having sex with oh you're hitting the hard questions i'm fine i don't know (laughs) for for me maybe (laughs) well like this i'm asking asking this for myself too because i'm i'm still trying to figure it out that's why I have to like, at least for me, and if I'm seeing someone a lot, I am prone to fall for them. So I have to like set a boundary or like find like mm. something. I have to define like when I can see them. Like I would love to see them every day, but I know <laughs> that's going to put me in the this deep end. good. Yeah. <laughs> it's the, it's the relationship energy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I just, I, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I don't really or I have not yet had a problem with this. Good for you. Like this goes back to like friends with benefits versus casual relationships. Like when I was younger, I was like, are friends with benefits? Is that real? Cause I feel like a lot of people <laughs> use that, but met casual relationship or we're like, yes. this is someone I'm sleeping with, but would also have lunch with uh, versus someone I'm just sleeping with and would not have lunch with. Exactly. And I was like, that still doesn't mean that you're like friends. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I called that sexy friends when I was younger. Because I was like, we are friends. The friendship is first, but sometimes we're sexy together. Um, and there was it. not like romantic or like sexual love tied to that because that wasn't an aspect that was there in the friendship anyway. Mm-hmm. Like it already like wasn't there. Yeah. Um, yep. So, so far that's been okay. I think if it was like a friend that I was attracted to that maybe I'd be in trouble. It was a friend and we were attracted to each other that, but we didn't want to date. That might be troublesome as well, Mm. but that hasn't happened yet. (laughs) Have you ever found that in terms of when you're having sex with someone, if the sex is good, you're more prone to fall in love with them. No. Okay. I'm just curious. (laughs) I'm just asking. I'm asking these, these are not on the outline. I'm just like, yeah, that's a, that's a great question. <laughs> uh, like, I might want to do it again, especially if it's like consecutively <laughs> good every single time. It's like, whoo! But I don't know. Mm-hmm. I will say that I am on the opposite end of their question of their answer, uh, where <laughs> I have a bad habit of falling for people that I have sex with. Uh, and, and it's something that I'm still learning. And this is definitely still part of my growing process of figuring out what boundaries mean in terms of things. Uh, I mm. definitely got, I, I hurt myself and I don't want to say they hurt me cause they didn't do anything. Mm-mm. I was the one that put it upon myself to, to think that I could make someone who, that could handle this burden when I really couldn't of having 
having sex with someone one time, but then knowing them and being friends with them, I'm like, I really like them. And knowing that they're not interested in a poly relationship at all. Like they like me Mm. as a friend and that's it. Like a friend and a friends with benefits and that's it. But I, I put the burden upon myself to kind of hold that and be like, Hey, it's fine. I'll deal with it later. And that that was bad. So Mm. like, there's a, there's a thing that you have to, go through sometimes when you're realizing you're falling for someone like is this personally actually available from like emotionally available to have me in their life and you need to kind of sit down and think about that because that's when you realize you if you need to set a boundary or not if Oof. you're if you're having sex with someone mm-hmm. and you're and you're not asking that question of are they emotionally available for me then you don't need to worry about it actually you don't have to worry about setting a boundary because you're not you're not in danger of crossing anything there. Like I have a friends with benefits that every time we get together, we have a, a great time, but I never get off of that going, Oh, I, w- I can't wait to see him again. I go, Oh, it'll be nice when we get together next time, whenever that is like, it's, it's so much of a like casual, like, Oh, it was, it was great. I could see him. I, I can't wait to do it again. Some other time. It, it wasn't like that lustful, like, Oh, like thinking Pining. about him all the yeah. time. Yeah. And I, I, I love having him as a friend too. Cause we'll, uh, we'll go out to dinner and get like food together and just talk about whatever. Uh, and then we'll go back to the house and fuck, and then I'll leave like, and it's great, but yeah, that's when you, that's what, if you have something like that, that's when you don't have to ask about the boundaries because you're not in danger of you crossing already anything. Know. Yeah. yeah. It's when you start to ask, are they, are they willing to put in more that you have to start thinking about boundaries? And that's something I'm still learning myself. Yeah. And that's you like paying attention to your own feelings because ultimately each person is responsible for their own. You have to be Uh, self-aware. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Someone I was like hooking up with a long time ago, I was like, Hey, I'm just interested. I'm not looking to date anyone right now. I'm just having some sex. If you're cool with that, that's where I'm at. And, uh, they were like, yeah, that's fine. That's totally fine. And then I was getting some signals I thought where they, I felt like they were getting attached. I was like, I'm just going to stop having sex with you. I'm just going to um, do that. What did you find that they did that made you feel that they were becoming attached or what, maybe, not that what you were doing, maybe, but like what they may be doing. I don't want to like put it on you. Just like, like what, maybe what, they weren't. And I was just like extra worried about it or something. We'd have sex and like cuddle afterwards. And then like, just, I don't know, like tell me how beautiful my eyes were mm. and stuff, oh. which is fine. That's true. But I was like, are you okay are you and then one day they're like man i wish we could like hang out like at lunch or something i was like oh man that'd be good like i could go for some food we had a lot of sex and uh, (laughs) they were like yeah i gotta run an errand but or else like i would totally like go get like lunch or something and they're like oh well you could go with me uh Mm. you could go you would you could meet my grandma and i was like no (laughs) yeah like yeah. no, I think this was like a you wanting to do a date thing. Yeah, um, yeah. So I just kind of so interesting seeing them, and then they were like, "Hey, I haven't talked to you in a while," and I was like, "Yeah, I'm not really interested in hooking up anymore." And they were like, "Can I ask why?" And I was like, "I kept, I thought that maybe you were developing feelings, and I didn't want to like." Yeah, you wanted continue. to set a boundary, and they were like, "No, it was just sex," and I was like, 
well, okay, cool. I hope so. But still, I made my decision. And that's fine. Yeah. You're allowed to make that decision because yeah. I've actually been the person on the other end where someone had <laughs> stopped having sex with me because they thought I was developing feelings. Uh, mm. We've recently reconnected and, and talked it through and it's actually gotten back on track of having a better, more healthy relationship than we had before. And I think that was, I think it's been great, but it required me to develop myself for a couple of years. And, uh, and yeah. I, and I'm much more emotionally mature than I used to be. And I'm still growing to be that person. I, I hope that that person, if it was the case that they were developing it, but denying it can, they were if, also if, like if a couple was, years younger yeah. than me. So I was like, I'm just mm-hmm. gonna, yeah. If that <laughs> yeah. was the case and I don't want to assume anything, I'm not but, sure, yeah. but yeah, and <laughs> I hope that they learn to develop and can find their own path as well. So, so Ben, you say that you fall primary, you, you, you have a, you, you're prone to fall for people that you fuck. If you fuck them a lot. I can, I can, I can. it oh. depends on the person. Um, so you said you, are you, you said you're getting better at like establishing boundaries. What mm-hmm. do you find now so far works for you in terms of setting boundaries? Like if you start to think you're about to fall for someone, like what would you I, do? have found that I actually talk more and more about it with my current relationships and help talk through my thought processes. And, and and I, I kind of help, I use them as a sounding board. So, uh, like Angel was saying earlier, how, uh, there's that, like, uh, I want to fuck this person. Well, you go ahead. Well, that kind of describes my relationship currently. (laughs) Like we, we all know that we hook up with other people and it's completely okay uh to do that and like we talk we can talk about it afterwards and describe what we did and all that stuff and like we support each other but we're also there for i they know that they're happy with how things are currently are and they know i'm eventually looking Mm. to find a partner that supports me that the way that those two support each other so they're they're always willing to help me talk out through like emotional feelings about who mm-hmm. I'm with and whatnot. And uh, I found that having a sounding board more than just keeping it in my head is easier. I, okay. I started therapy in the past year and it's been also a great sounding board. Yes. I recommend so therapy ever... for everyone. Yes, I do too. Um, what, so what was I about to ask? Uh, oh, Ooh, come on it, it literally just went out my there. head it was there um you said uh you just said you just told oh my god he's gonna come back i promise no, um, that's fine uh is it something with uh the relationship and like supporting each other or oh no no that's what it was do you did you tell the person that you were falling for about it ever? i did that was probably a mistake, but I did. Um, and it definitely took us apart for a little bit. Eventually we got back to being friends, but I don't think it will ever be what it was. He, I also realized that it would probably have been more of a unbalanced relationship, even if it like did work. Uh, mm-hmm. They just were not emotionally there to handle more than one person. And the way they handle the one person already is a little bit difficult. So mm-hmm. it's just one of those things that sometimes you, f- you feel like you're attracted to people that you can't have more than the ones that you can. So that's very interesting. Cause 
I was trying to get it from that end because I also like again these are I'm qu- I'm asking these questions I'm also asking them for myself, um, <laughs> but I also want to know because it seems as though there is always a breaking point at least for a little while when you realize someone is starting to develop feelings with for someone else whether you are on the the receiving side of it or you are like the person that are that is like falling for whatever why do you think. Ooh, this is going like real deep and I don't know if we can get into this without like probably going over time, which I'm completely fine with. But like, why do you think there is always like this, like there's this threshold that doesn't want to be crossed? Like Angel was saying earlier, they felt that there was someone that was about to like falling for them and, you know, Angel cut it off. Or like, you know, say, hey, never mind. And at least on Ben's side... He had someone and, you know, it just didn't work out. It needed to be cut off. It needs to be cut off. Mm -hmm. Is that because there's a fear of commitment? Is there what is there a fear there? Like, I don't know. I'm trying to like really deep dig deep into like where that comes from. Mm -hmm. Anytime I've done that, it's because like I didn't have any interest in exploring things with that person Mm. and or because I like just knew that I was not interested in that person like on any level and didn't want to like encourage it further Mm -hmm. or like on yeah it was in what in a different area than whatever relationship that we already because I did that a little bit when I was like younger, but I'd always feel like weird and guilty because it wasn't like a direct conversation of like, Hey, I'm just looking for something casual or like, I'm not interested in anything like romantic or uh, like with you. Mm-hmm. I'm only interested in like this or like, Oh, I'm only interested in like a weird romantic French time. I'm not interested in sex at all. But like, I'd always feel really weird because that wasn't, an explicit conversation mm-hmm. that I had mm-hmm. or that I had felt I could have. Uh, on the I think now I just feel like this is where I'm at. That's the problem. Let me know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just, I don't know. It just doesn't feel good. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, 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 it makes it the threshold for when, you know, you need to cut it off can be, can move based on the people and their em- emotional availability and whether or not they're willing to commit to something or or if they feel like they'll be overextending. The word I kept thinking when you were asking the question was overextension of yeah. your own feelings. Everyone has a different capacity to love and everyone has a different capacity for what they uh, for the amount of close relationships that they can have. So uh, people will fear the overextension because they're afraid of losing what they currently have that make them happy. In the my in my example, uh, the guy I fell for is married and is in a very happy relationship with his his partner. Um, and I never wanted to do anything about that, but I also knew that I that I had more availability to have like a side boyfriend, but he does not because that's just not that was not built or raised into him. So mm-hmm. that that was where the boundary and was needed to be set, and that's why it needed to be broken off so that I did not hurt anybody. And in sometimes recognizing that you're the one that is in the wrong is hard. But yep, 
sometimes you just need to take that as it was, learn from it, learn what you can do better to avoid any problems in the future and move on. Yeah. Um, so this is another good question that I have. Uh, does detachment... No, that's not the one. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you think it's important? No. Hold on. No, this is the question. Does detachment from love have to be detachment from romance or intimacy? Like cuddling after or sleeping over or, you know, like just like doing things beforehand or after? I, I don't think so. Uh, I, I don't think I, so either. I, I, I'm. I sometimes feel like I'm a I'm the prince of uh, finding someone and trying to figure out how far we could go as quick as we could go, uh, <laughs> and like and just testing the waters, tr- not crossing boundaries, but definitely figuring out where where does our comfort level lie, and I want to figure it out as soon as possible so we could get comfortable with each other. I'm not one to slowly mm-hmm. dive into something where I slowly explore one thing. I just want to know because well, I you're also I, polyamorous, so it's yes. easy. I feel like when yep. And it could be I could be wrong. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm the same way, mm-hmm. but like, you know, you're 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 not looking. How do I describe this? You're not necessarily like looking can be different. Yeah, because like what you're not necessarily always looking for, like a long a long term partner committed yep. relationship. Yeah. You're yeah. like, hey, are we compatible? Mm-hmm. That's what, what I like to figure want? out. I Does want to know work? if yeah. we're compatible. Yeah. Uh, and whatever mm-hmm. that means down the from the line of uh, casual relationship to uh, intimate partner and anywhere on that spectrum, I want to know if we're compatible and where we fall on that line. Yes. Uh, yeah. I, I, lost, you feel- I lost my train of thought. No, no, no. That's OK. No, <laughs> yeah. because from there, like if it, let's say you are like highly compatible, then like where do you feel like? things are like you're, are you, are you, are you that, more along the lines of like wanting to stay attached to this person because you know you're completely compatible and compatible in what way like yeah um, there's a lot that's of when the communication opens that's yeah. when the communication needs to open and you need to talk with them about so yes we're compatible what does that mean and how can we make our compatibility a healthy thing Ooh. so uh i i want there's a person that I met at a recent event that I actually, I won a title at actually for in the bear and leather community. And there is a guy that I want to keep exploring something with. Uh, and we, we message every day and we just, it's just like a good morning, good night sort of thing, but it's still, it's, it, it, it's it to me it feels nice. Yeah. Um, so like, I want to explore something and I feel like we're compatible, but we both know that we have multiple people already in our lives. So the one thing that we need to do is that we need to get together and hit that boundary of how compatible are we if we spent a weekend together? And then what does that mean going forward? How often could we mm-hmm. do this? How often should we do this? And are we stepping on anybody and making sure that our current relationships are also okay? Yes. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm going I'm literally going through the exact same thing right now. Um I have several partners and I just started uh, I have a new one. And we kind of just kind of hit the ground running and I'm like I don't want to like I wasn't sure if I want to fall in love with this person. So I was like we need to pump the brakes for now and that we're in that same we're in that same window where I'm like okay, I see we're compatible. We need to slow down, figure like we need to like plan these next interactions out in order to 
for none of us, for either none of us to get hurt. Because I don't want to mm-hmm. get hurt. I don't want him to get hurt. So exactly. Yeah. It's just hard. Yeah. Because like you're there and you want you want more. Like you know, like you can just keep getting more and like it feels good. And like and then you have to like one of you or in this in this instance, it was me that was just like it's, it hurt my heart that I had to be like, we, we gotta, we gotta slow down. I, I, like, I don't want to <laughs> slow down at all, but like, we gotta slow mm-hmm. down. It, it sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, but funny enough, like I go to therapy four days a week and I was telling one of my therapists about it. And thankfully this therapist is very like, just, they have, they know, they have a lot of background in like, you know, coaching, um, uh, non-monogamous polyamorous couples and stuff and Mm -hmm. they gave me a lot of insight because i was like i'm in a new relationship energy honeymooning stage right now and i don't know what to do can you help me and she was just like well it looks like you need to do this and because like i just like i can't see it from my perspective right now so Mm -hmm. i'm so that's why i'm so happy we had this like this conversation Mm -hmm. i'm so happy that we were able to at least like kind of explore at least our perspectives on what these things are. Now, let me see if there's any other questions here before we wrap up, because um, shout out to Allison, who is uh, part of the, the self-aware millennial team, because Allison did a great job of like, just kind of getting these questions prepared. There's so many more that we had <laughs> and I might just like use them like on the Instagram page to see if people want to like, you know, chime in on some of them. Cause like, these are like just Overall, just really good. Let's see. Is there a value in trying to be? Ooh, ooh, ooh. ooh okay. Hold on. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, no. These are like complicated questions. Um, I don't know. There was one that I was excited about. Wait, oh. which one was it? Which one was it? Um, The one about uh, like... Uh, it's like, are some people on what they think is a journey to detach? Oh, the yes. very okay. long one. Yeah, I found it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So this is a, a very long Let's do this one. No, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, so the question is, are some people on what they think is a journey to, quote, detach from love, but are really just seeking detachment from toxic or abusive methods of love they have come to expect by their own experience or have traditionally been taught to believe love looks like. In short, would so many be seeking to detach from love in regards to sex if so many of us hadn't experienced love that involves sex as a mechanism for harm or control? So I gotta get that question. That question is really complex. I don't know how to like yeah. make it make it smaller, but it seems as though it's like people are trying to detach the love that they got like like the abuse of love like separate love and sex because their experience of love and sex has been unhealthy yeah yeah i think that's been most of my experience (laughs) gotcha with me like trying to be like wait no that's not it okay wait let me try it again (laughs) yeah um yeah and so i think there might just like be a larger divide between sex and love just from me, like having very intense boundaries that I put there myself that don't have to be there like long-term, but that I put there after um, abusive experiences Mm. Um, such that like casual sex, I'm just like, not has not so far been a problem for me. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but for me personally, like it's been a very long journey of like trying to figure out what love means to me and what I want and how I want my relationships to be and how I want to experience relationships, like sexual, like not all, like all relationships and a lot of like time that I spend, like not dating or like having sex. I've still been spending like working on these things by like exploring like things here. Um, I don't know. I'm very weird. Like I'll go to like a, a play party and I'll just like eat snacks in another room. Wait, you go to play parties? <laughs> you gotta invite me. I don't I don't go to play parties, but I wanna go. I don't go to that many and like they're not a lot of them are like very I know some of them this ain't all that. I haven't like, found spaces that's like I'm like, yes, this is for me yet. Like there are some where I'm like there's elements of this that like is what I'm looking for, but overall this is not it. And I just don't like, maybe it doesn't exist. Um, <laughs> it has to somewhere. Like, a lot of queer spaces are like great. And I feel super comfortable, but like, I at least am not aware of other queer people in that queer space being attracted to me as mm. like a femme person who is trans and like, doesn't do like I don't know, like old school lesbian Q things. Like, I feel like people can get in the headspace of like honing in on things that are familiar to them. And I think that I like maybe exist outside of that mm. to a degree. So I'm gotcha. not really interacted with in that way. Mm. Um, That's a whole nother episode topic. <laughs> Oof. Yeah. But wow. um, I definitely have had like better experiences like doing like like good experiences doing like drag and burlesque and there's a burlesque show that like once a month that's um pink and bdsm themed and like that's great like that feels like this big it, it, it's me at work but like <laughs> like that is what i'm looking for and i haven't found that really in like pink spaces but like normally if i do go to a party or something i'm like okay i learned something knew about myself and had some snacks and made a cis man give me a foot massage and then I went home (laughs) like I I, I, like have a pleasant time but it's yeah yeah Yeah, I guess yeah Yeah. in terms of those types of parties you're not expected to do anything no and it's weird because I like taking my time and like getting to know people and like having conversations with like different people at different ones that I've been to so it's not like a familiarish thing. So you're also far. on. The, you said you're on the asexual spectrum, though, right? Yeah, yeah. But so. like, I enjoy sex. Yeah. Um, I just, you know, I'm not. At, some of the events I've been to, like, people just like start having an orgy right away, and I'm like, I have not even eaten any chips. I'm not ready. <laughs> you're so violated. Violated. Walking, you're like. <laughs> I'm like, I was talking to someone, and I haven't even finished one glass of wine. Like slow down yeah um, and then by the time i'm like yes i'm ready everyone's like wow we're so tired we're gonna go to bed we're gonna we're gonna leave but i'm like all right that's fine <laughs> but it's been like a lot of like predominantly 
white spaces, predominantly cis spaces, and yeah. predominantly straight spaces. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm none of that. <laughs> okay. See, that's another. See, that's another episode topic I would love to get into because like I, that. I, yeah. That in itself, I'm like but very intrigued just to I'm hear totally, that. Like in different ways, learning to have a different relationship with my body outside of I am dating one monogamous person and this is the person I do sex with mm-hmm. because I don't like that. I feel uh, that. Yeah. yeah. Me too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I, I could, I could go at length about play spaces and like what they mean in different communities. Yeah, do another and, episode. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and like what, what they mean in bear versus leather versus mm-hmm. kink versus mm-hmm. fetish and all that stuff. And it's just. Once we stop recording, I have something to let y'all know about. But... All right, cool. I'm ready. <laughs> I'll let you... <laughs> uh, okay. Well, actually let's just wrap it up right quick. Uh, <laughs> all right, everybody. Uh, thank you so much for listening again this is on gel and ben if y'all want to give your socials in case you know you want people to follow you go right ahead right now <laughs> yeah it's uh angela tfe which is a-n-j-l-e-l-a-t-i-h-a-c it's just that on the internet if you want to find me <laughs> and i don't have public socials so don't follow me okay awesome all right and well everybody thank you so much for checking out the self-aware millennial just a quick little spiel if you like this episode feel free to share it if you want to support the episodes or support this patreon well if you want to support this patreon before i even said what i was going to say i said that completely wrong if you want to support the podcast you can check out our patreon www.patreon.com slash the self-aware millennial there you'll get free bonus not free bonus episodes but you'll get bonus episodes as well as free merch why do i keep saying it's free you're like still kind of sort of well, paying it's, for it's it it's like, like five dollars a month it's almost <laughs> like it's free you know but you get like Surprise. exclusive merch you get merch that people don't have and it's like all these it's other free wonderful but you things. pay for it right but also it helps keep this podcast running exactly. let's let's be real COVID has been hard and I am an entrepreneur now and I don't know where my next paycheck is coming from so having just the help of Patreon at least keeps this podcast rolling so that mm-hmm. I'm very thankful for if you like this podcast please go check out the Patreon www.patreon.com slash software millennial alright everybody thank you for listening to another episode of software millennial I am Jay Mix again till next time peace bye cue outro music <laughs>